0: good morning everybody are we good are you guys alive are you awake are you uh are you living the abundant life or at least getting there amen amen um how many of you were here last week wave at me that side yes middle yes that side nice almost almost hey chris how's it dude what's happening yes i'm so glad to see you chris actually uh he immigrated recently to, uh, to Rutherford. So it's good to have you back, bro. Yeah, welcome back. Let's give Chris a round of applause, guys. Come on. Yes, see. I'm going to be in so much trouble after this. <laughs> but who's been enjoying Sin and Me, the series, right? Are you guys feeling some life in your heart, some freedom, right? Are you? Feel free to, to speak back, guys. Are you? Yes, thank you. Right, uh, last week we had an amazing time. Last week, oh my goodness, we got into some uh, some very very interesting things. And funny enough, I asked, <laughs> I asked Pastor Didi while Llewellyn was up here. I'm like, did he know what we were going to speak on this morning? Because we were going to uh, uh, talk about you know uh, carnality versus spirituality. And there, Mr. Man uh, um, brings it up in the stewardship message. So uh, you guys remember this, the carnality versus spirituality from last week? right? We, uh, we unpacked quite a few details there because uh, a lot of people think that you're only carnal if you're behaving badly. I'm going to go that way. Yeah. <laughs> you're only carnal if you're behaving badly. But the truth is, you're actually carnal if you're thinking independent of God. Are you with me? If you are thinking independent of God's perspective and His truth, then you are being a carnal man and you will experience the limitations of carnality. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. So today, we're going to use a, one or two foundational scriptures, and we're going to just broaden this a bit. We're going to open it up, and we're going to go to the Word and see what Paul had to contend with when he was writing letters to the church about spiritual versus carnal. Can we do that? Come on, give Jesus a big round of applause. Turn to the person next to you and say, man, I'm ready for the Word. For the word. Annie, can you give us the Word on the screen? It is 1 Corinthians. Gee whiz, what happened there? Okay. Oh, we lost it in the monitors. That's why it sounds so funny. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to verse 4, from verse 1 to 4. And we're going to read it. Let's do the New King James Version, and uh, we're just going to break this down. So Paul the Apostle is writing a letter to the Corinthians. Now, the Corinthians are not stupid people. Corinthians were known for being very cultured people. They were uh, um, good in trade. They were good in all these different things that you would get in a, in a modern day society co- at that time. And uh, they were schooled and they were intelligent and, like I say, cultured. And Paul contends with these guys because he's trying to get something across to them. He's trying to get a message to them. And he's like, You guys are going to understand something's wrong because you are reborn. Your spirit has been regenerated. You have become a new creation. Amen. Since Adam, till Jesus, there never was a creation like you. The Scripture says that Adam was a walking, talking spirit. Jesus was a walking, talking uh, soul. Jesus was a life-giving spirit. Amen. So there's a vast difference between uh, creation and redemption. Amen? Amen something even more special. So now Paul is contending with him because Paul is building the body of Christ. He's going out, he's starting churches and he gets to the Corinthians and he, and he begins to deal with these guys. And he says, and our brethren could not speak to you, uh, verse three, sorry, verse one. Where am I now? Hold on. One, three, one. One, three, one. Yep. There we go. And our brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive the solid food. And even now, you are still not able, for you are still carnal. Turn to the person next to you and say, carnal. Okay. For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men. For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? So Paul was trying to show these guys that, listen here, there's a problem. I can't even feed you meat. I can't feed, I can't speak to you as spiritual men and spiritual women. When I come before you, when I write to you, I have to first consider what I say. Because how can I write spiritual things to those who are still babes on the milk? Amen? Will you turn to the person next to you and say, just check your diet? Are you on milk or are you on meat, my brother? Yeah, lactose intolerance doesn't count in this message, okay? So, we've got to check something, there's something wrong. Now, Paul is contending with this situation because, you know, there's other scriptures where he actually confesses. He says, I have found the mystery of God, but I can't tell you. Oof. What? I can't tell you. Why? Because it's actually dangerous to feed a baby milk, I mean, meat. What happens when you feed solid food to a baby that's not ready for it? All kinds of problems, digestive issues, choking, you name it. Can't sleep, belly aches. Hello? So we have to check ourselves. We have to make sure that there is healthy growth in our spiritual walk with the Lord. I want to use a baby for instance. We've got a beautiful little baby. What's his name, her name? Malachi, how old is he? He's five months. Wow. What a blessing. Amen? What a miracle. Little Malachi laying in that cot. Okay, he's out now. Okay. He's getting a change. That's, thank goodness someone else is doing that. But anyway, <laughs> that's why he's so happy. <laughs> but let's take Malachi. He's five months old. Now we look at his two little feet, his two little legs, and his hands, and his eyes, and his ears, and everything looks healthy. And he's still doing the go 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 and the go 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 mama, ma 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 And we go, wow, this kid is so beautiful. Look at him, what a miracle from God. But three years later, if Malachi is still only 50-something centimeters tall, his feet haven't grown, his ears haven't grown, his hands haven't grown, his brain hasn't developed, nothing has changed in Malachi What are we all going to say? We're going to say, hold on a second, folks. Something's wrong. Right? Will we not? Isn't that common sense? Turn to the person next to you and say, where there's growth, it means there's health. Where there's health, there's always growth. That's good. Amen? Amen? So Paul is contending with the situation. He's going, you guys are spiritual. You guys have been reborn. Do you not know that you are the the temple of God? Why do you think and act still like babes? I so badly want to give you meat, but I can't give it to you. Can you imagine how frustrating it must be? Well, we know how frustrating it is sometimes. You know? Where we expect to see the growth. We expect to see this happen. But unfortunately, people find comfort in their carnality. Yeah. Yeah. It's not healthy, folks. Mm. It's not scriptural, folks. And it's a sign that we are not growing in our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And it's so interesting, you know, <clears throat> um, when, you, when you look at this illustration of milk and solid food, there's another illustration, you know, that we read in Scripture in Hebrews. And in Hebrews, he makes the same point Except he just explains what the difference is between the milk and the solid food. You know, in Hebrews, he talks about how the milk is actually righteousness. And you know that being righteous by faith is actually the key to you uh, um, becoming spiritual. Are you guys with me? That's what the key is. Like you were saying now, you know, let's talk about that comfort in carnality. Man, that's a huge thing. You know, before we even get to anything spiritual, has anyone ever read that book, um, Who Moved My Cheese? Did anyone read it? Right? Yeah, it's a very old book, you know. Well, basically, the book is about uh, um, it, it's about sort of addressing how it's a good idea to deal with change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, we hate change, you know. Even the people... Even the people who say, no, I love change, I love change. You know, I rise to the occasion, I change, and they're like, okay, cool. But if change had to stop, you would be uncomfortable because now you don't like that change is gone. Listen to what I'm saying, guys. It's not just about change. It's about the things that we find comfort and confidence in. Are you with me? Have you ever, have you ever sat around someone who's, like, very OCD? You know, like, uh, you know, like, you're sitting at a table and there's, like, a, a thumbprint on the glass then they pick it up and they kind of take the napkin and, you know, they put it down. Or they're sitting, you're sitting at home and then, yeah, you know, like they're dusting the crumbs off and then they see like the tablecloth is, just fix that, you know. Or, or like, you know, when the, when the table doesn't line up with the tiles in the kitchen, you know. So some people are like, yeah, that's me, you yeah, know, that's me. You know, you walk past and you're like, uh, and then you carry on doing what you're doing, you know, all those things. What's happening is that, you know, the mechanic about this comfort in carnality, the mechanic is that. You have gained a sense of safety and order in the way things are. Are you with me? Now, being a child of God, sometimes people go crazy. It's like, we don't follow a program and we don't follow, you know, all this stuff. And we've said that in this church. But we're not throwing order out. Are you with me? What we're changing is that we are choosing to find comfort. We are choosing to find confidence and safety in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? He becomes the new order. So when we're going through life now and, and, and this carnality that we've developed, right? Some people, you, you know, you have a daily routine. And when you skip that daily routine, all of a sudden, you know, life is like, why? <laughs> you know, why is it like that? And it comes down to that, that comfort, that confidence, that safety that we get about things being a certain way. Now, that mechanic is good. Look at your, look at your fr- friend next to you. Say, hey. That mechanic is good. But the order we need to submit to now is righteousness. We need to now shift to find comfort and safety and peace and confidence in the way God has set things up. Are you with me? You know, last week when when we were chatting uh, on the way to church, I was telling Diddy afterwards, actually, um, I had this, this, this kind of like vision when I was driving to church, you know, I saw something and, and it was like my Bible, right? But it was like being squashed into something it didn't fit into. Are you with me? It was being squashed into a shape and like in this vision, my Bible's being destroyed. I'm like, no, that's my Bible. Why, why? You know, and, and it's the same if you could visually illustrate this mechanic, that's what it is, is that we're taking... What God is saying, you know, the righteousness, the right way, his order of things, and we're putting it into our structure of doing things. It's like, oh, God, if you say it like that, that's cool. Let's take that and we'll make it work in how I'm doing it now. Are are you with me? And Jesus gave the same illustration. He said, you can't take new wine and put it in old wineskins, right? Right? You can't take the way God does things and God's righteousness and his order and fit it into your life. Are you with me? The principle is my life ended when Christ died and a new life was given to me when he was resurrected. So now my new life that I am living, I'm living according to him, not to me. Are you, are you guys with me? So when you think of this, like you're saying, you know, this milk and this thing, and this this principle of growth, because when we what does growth look like? Growth looks like when we are stepping away from all the confidence and the safety that we had in our own methods, in our own order, and now we are actually shifting that confidence and safety into God's order, and that comes with a freedom, you know, it comes with a confidence and
1: a knowing. It comes with a knowing of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, you know. If we go, so so, what we have got to come to terms with? If there's no growth, like we were using a baby as example, if there was no growth after six years, what would we realize? We'd realize there's either a sickness or a disease in the body. Are you with me? W- what would be hindering the growth of that child's body? There would be something. So if there's no growth in our own lives, we have to be real with ourselves. And the sickness that could be hindering us is called. The sickness of a carnal mind, the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, the mind that's still interpreting even spiritual things through a fleshly perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? We could even be giving you the deepest uh, uh, messages. We could give you the greatest illustrations. We could throw music behind it, t- paintings and plays and w- Whatever. We could do it up here with power and with passion, but a carnal baby mind will take it and turn it in to a, through a flesh filter. That's not what God has called us to be, guys. If you don't believe me, let's go to any Hebrews 5, 11 to 13. Let's see what Paul says in Hebrews. Today's a little bit of a hiding for all of us, but you're ready, eh?
0: Okay. So dead, dead people can't feel a smack it, on the bum. It's only a hiding to the carnal-minded. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, okay, what uh, is New King James? Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain. Since you have become dull of hearing, for though by this time you ought to be? Teachers. Let's read it together. For by this time you ought to be? Teachers. Teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Wow, man! God, Paul is Paul is having having a go. Yeah, he's going, man. By this time, you should have been teachers. By this time, not just Pastor Didi, Pastor Bash, and Pastor Tasso should be teaching, but you guys should be in a position where you are showing each other how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Hello? It's an indictment against the church. Do you know that the church is stuck in carnality, guys? 80% 80% of the church, if you speak to them, we go on seminars and we go on conferences. I've been on many when, when I worked full-time at big churches. And we'll go to these big seminars and whatever and whatever. And, I, and let me tell you something. Um, no one, nobody has an answer for it. Only the Scripture. Why is there no growth? Why is there no growth in the individual's life? Why is there such a falling away after three years after being reborn? You sit down and you speak to average Christians, you know what they'll say to you? They'll say, "Oh, you know what? Pastor Didi, I just I hope God can restore my glory, my uh, the glory days or the days of joy, that unspeakable joy I had when I got reborn." You know, for about 6 months after I got reborn, man, I could I could deal with my thoughts. I could deal with sinful thoughts. I could deal with so many things. I felt like I was floating. I felt like I was uh, uh, um victorious. I felt like I was reigning in my soul, in my body, in my circumstances, mm. in my relationships. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Hello? But that's a long time ago, Pastor Diddy. Why? Why? We have to ask ourselves this question. You still have the same power in your spirit. You are still the same person in your spirit. But Paul is asking a question. He's saying, Are you not carnal, family? Are you not carnal if by this time you still need to be taught the basics and you are unable to teach your brother and your sister? Hello? Yeah. Who's feeling challenged here this morning? I am. Because I need to grow. I I, I can never settle. I have to always grow in the Word and in my walk with the Lord. Amen? Always. You never arrive. You're in a fallen shell. This body is fallen. This body has to contend with the flesh forever. There is no way that you can ever take your foot off the brake and say, you know what, I'm okay now. Sure. Are you with me? You can't. You have to constantly grow. You have to grow. That's just how it works. Amen? Constantly. And this is the state of the church. They're stuck in a state of infancy. This is not good, guys. The world needs a big boy church. The the world needs an adult church. The world needs some people that have confidence, have identity. They know what they are called to do. Amen? Yeah. And listen, you must understand. Teachers, teachers of righteousness will beget children of righteousness. Teachers of milk will beget children of milk. Hello? Yeah. So, you in your infant state, I mean, how does an infant help another infant? Ever seen that happen? Malachi over here, he can't do, oh, look how beautiful he is, man. But he can't do much for himself. He just lays there and he goes, uh, somebody. Yes, but he's mesmerized by you. Check that. What the heck? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> he still needs his mom to come and feed him. He still needs his mom to change him, wash him, whatever. Hello? Now, we can't expect Malachi to go and help the other Oki at the creche. It's impossible.
0: <laughs> that might end badly. <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah, your mom never changed your nappy. But, well, let me just tell you, I'm going to pray for you now. And we'll heal that bum rash right now in the name of Jesus. Look to the sky, not to your rash, brother. Can we expect Malachi to do that? No. It's the same thing in the church, guys. And when we look at the church and the state of the church, and we're so quick to point fingers and say, Yes, nothing's happening. Nobody knows the idea, nobody but guess what? It happens to us. We're the body. You're the liver. I'm the brain. (laughs) Bashes the buttocks. You know? We all play an important part. (laughs) I'm just the butt of your jokes, eh? I mean. (laughs) Are you with me? We are all one body. If the body doesn't move together, if the body doesn't grow together, it doesn't grow at all. Yeah. That's it. Hello? Turn to the person next to you and say, Man, I love you. You're a part of me. We're one in Christ. I want to be able to help you. Amen? Amen. I want to be in a position when you phone me, I am ready in season, out of season. I am mature in my belief. I can stretch out my hands, pray for you. I can give you a word that is in season. I am, I'm here for you and I want to be equipped for you. Amen? It's not just being equipped for yourself. This whole thing is about giving, giving. God is a giver. Remember last year, I think it was during uh, um, uh, what was that uh, lockdowns, uh, the the lockdown love stream that we used to do. Tasso had a message with me and Grant, and it was, "You only get two kinds of people in the world." You said you get a giver and you get a taker. That sums it all up. You can't be a Christian and you be a taker. It's impossible. It's impossible. A Christian is all about giving. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, man, I want to get into the Word. I want to get nourished. I want to get strong for you and me. Give God a big round of applause. Come on. We've got to understand something, guys. <clears throat> we can't live this life where the blood of Christ redeemed us from the curse we can't just stay there because you must understand now it's the spirit of Christ that walks you into spirituality to conquer sin hello let me say it again the blood of Christ redeemed you from the curse now it's his spirit that's going to keep you out of it hello The word curse means empowered to fail. So when you were in Adam, in yourself, all you would do is fail, even at your best attempts. Christ came and exchanged the second Adam for you. Amen? And now you have been redeemed from that curse. You never again will live under the power of that curse. But now he says, my spirit, by the power of my spirit, I will lead you into all victory. I will lead you into all truth. I will give you all strength. I will give you everything you need through my spirit. Amen. Amen. But if we are not moving with the Spirit, the Bible says, the sons and daughters are led by the, led by the Spirit of God. It doesn't say the little babas, the little babies, it says the sons. And daughters are led by the Spirit of God. Amen?
0: That's it. 100%. You know, there was a... <laughs> He's talking about being led by the Spirit of God. I'm going to give this example, right? Um, when I was in school, okay, um, from primary school, you know, when we had a test or an exam that day, my mom always used to tell me, and remember, you've got the mind of Christ. I'm like, flip. I'm going to be able to do maths because I've got the mind of Christ. Unfortunately, I capitalized on that later as an excuse not to study. As you guys can imagine, it didn't work out too well. <laughs> it didn't work out too well. But, but let me give you a basic example, right? So carnally thinking, all right, through like how we explained it before, you know, carnally thinking, even that scripture that we have been given the mind of Christ, immediately I think about all the dumb places that I have in my mind, and I'm like, no, but Christ can do that, you know? Seems logical, right? Doesn't it? It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Before you start your exam, I used to pray, "Thank you Lord, I have the mind of Christ." Amen. All right, the exam get like 37 back. I'm like, "Where was the mind of Christ? What happened?" Jeez, like it. But it's funny when we read that scripture when it says that we have the mind of Christ, that entire passage and it was actually uh, 1 Corinthians 2, you know? It's talking about how the world is foolish about the things of God. And just when we read there, chapter 3, uh, and Paul is explaining about the milk and the flesh, when he makes the statement in 2, what is it, 2.15, 2.16, when he says, well, we have the mind of Christ, he's actually telling us that we have the capacity to understand the things of God. Listen to what I'm saying. He's telling us we have the capacity to understand the things of God. Who was the greatest preacher that ever lived? Pastor Didi, <laughs> yeah, you're still living, man. <laughs> yeah, Jesus was the greatest preacher that ever lived. Every preacher after him are still writing sermons based on his preaching. Hello, right? Do you think Jesus adequately understood the things of God? You best believe it, because every time he spoke, he's like, "The kingdom of God is likened unto." Verily I say unto, he probably didn't speak like that, but you know what I'm saying. Every time we see the red letters, we have the the voice, you know. But everything that he explained, he even went as far as to say that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What is he saying? He's like, I'm the example you should follow, right? Consequently, I understand these things, guys. I understand them perfectly, and when you become a new creation, because of the spirit of God that you're talking about now, right? Because of Christ's spirit alive inside of us, every single one of us has the capacity to understand the deeper things of God. Now, religion has, has really taken that motivation or that confidence out of believers because they've made it about the dude on the stage. Right? That's what they've done. I've even spoken to believers over the years, even believers, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, those things are a bit complicated. I don't know if they're for me. was like, well, hold on. But you're missing the point that you now have a nature that understands those things that your old nature finds complicated. Are you guys with me? Did you ever think about the things of God sometimes be like, hey, pastor, yeah. But because... The pastor, for example, has taken the time with the Spirit to work these things through, right? When you hear him talk about it, the carnal mind perceives it as there must be something special about that man. He's so anointed, double portion, hallelujah, praise Jesus. The mantle, Elijah, David, Ezekiel, they just start, you know. Start just processing the reasons as to why this man is speaking like an oracle. This man is like, just, Wow. You know? But it's because the truth in the word is that our new nature has the mind of Christ. And as Christ understood the mysteries of God, so too every single one of us sitting here listening online and hearing this later have the same capacity, the same ability. Because Jesus understood the things of the kingdom through what? Through the Spirit. Do not forget that he also received the Holy Spirit when he came out of his baptism. Do you guys remember that? Right? So the same spirit that he walked with, the same spirit the Bible tells us that raised us from the dead. Where's that spirit right now? He's alive in every single one of you. I love that line. Everyone always claps to that line, <laughs> you know? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So now, guys, this challenging part that we need to ask is like, but wait a minute. If I, to, if I am to choose faith, if I am to believe what's in this word, like our brother Llewellyn was talking about this morning. Yes, I thought he was going to take over the whole sermon. Flop, man was going there, which I wouldn't have minded, I'll be honest. But anyway, if we are to take this, then what we are to take as well is right now, you need to say, wait. That means the things of God are not complicated to me. That means the teacher, who is the Holy Spirit, is one of his names, right? That means he's waiting to take me through these things. Now, I know this sounds elementary, but guys, we need to think very soberly about this. Because a lot of us, right, because of that lack of experience, maybe, that lack of confidence, you know, maybe certain things are still new to us, right? What do we do? We shy away. It's like, no, let me leave that for the pastor, you know, then we wait for our friend next to us to catch up and be like, okay, show me, show me. I don't want to go ask the pastor, you know, or I don't want to work it out for myself. But that is something that's a reality in all of us. We have that insecurity, that hesitation. But here we're seeing that the problem is not our ability or our capacity. The problem is that we are equating learning the things of God with our academic ability. Hello. I promise you, over the years people who are more proficient in academics have s- struggled more with the Word of God. Do you know why? Because people who are proficient in academics take this thing and it's easy for them to try and make it carnal because we're so technical, you know, we're so good with the details, we're so all those things. But the deep mysteries of God, the this, this, this solid food that Paul's talking about is an academic, uh, academic exercise of the heart, not intellect, are you guys with me? And the mind that perceives these things is the mind that is, has the foundation of righteous in Christ. So even when you get to the point, you say, oh, Lord, this is complicated. That's fine. You have the best teacher in the world. I'm sitting right here. No, I'm kidding. It's not me, right? It's the Holy Spirit. He is the best teacher in the world. I promise you, we've had moments where we did, Let's say a topic or we taught on something, right? And man, we go end to end, we go through all the scriptures. You know the normal thing, we do a sort of general scope through the word, right? People who actually go and work it through, they will come to us afterwards, check what I read. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord, you're reading, hallelujah, right? Some Old Testament minor prophet scripture that if you go in anyone's Bible, it's not highlighted, right? You know one of those scriptures, right? Not highlighted, no, no, it's nothing. It's like, look at this. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Okay, that's a great scripture. What about it? And they were like, this is what you guys were teaching. Look at this. This is Jesus in the scripture. And I'm like, what the flip? You know what I'm talking about? I've never seen that before in my life. What is going on? How did that happen? It happened because they opened their hearts to the teacher, the Holy Spirit. They took what was in the Word and they said, Lord, my new nature, I, I can understand this. Not only can I understand it, I can walk in it. Not only can I walk in it, I can teach it. Because Scripture tells us it is the Spirit who makes us competent ministers of the new covenant. Are you guys with me? you understanding what we're talking about here this morning? Your problem is not your intellect. Your problem is not your knowledge, right? Your problem is that all the insecurities you had about learning and change and growth, you are holding on to them when they are not in Christ. And you are no longer there, you are now in Christ. Amen? The
1: beautiful thing is is that there's a whole new set of ears that you have in your spirit man. There's a whole new set of eyes. There's a whole new capacity of strength. There's a whole new uh, capacity of vision that is lying dormant inside of us because we're not seeing the value in walking with those eyes and those ears amen we're still trusting what the government says we're still trusting oh there's a pandemic oh there's a pandemic guys everybody get ready lock yourself in your rooms uh sanitize your face, your mouth, your butt, your feet. I mean, I know a doctor, I think I I, I told you guys, I know a doctor who went and spent thousands of rands, my wife's clients, where she would have a a hazmat suit just to deal with her her clients. It was at 600 rand every time she put the suit on and you have to take it off again and then you throw it away. A doctor, a normal GP. Let me tell you something, guys. Do you know that the day that it was announced there was a pandemic, Myself, who else it was me, you? Myself. sorry Grant. myself. It was Grant or was it Tussle? It was Grant. Grant yeah. Do you know how amazing it was? We they the news had just come out and that clock was rolling. Remember that clock of all the people that were supposed to be dying all over the world? And I went and laid down in my bed and my phone rang. And I in that moment I knew the Holy Spirit said to me, Sinister plot. Sinister plot. Don't believe the entire story. There's lies involved here. He phoned me two minutes later. Dids, this is what I'm sensing in my spirit. Grant sensing him, his spirit. There was no panic. There was no fear. Let me tell you something. I never feared COVID one second because I knew. First of all, in my spirit, man, I had heard from the Lord. This is, this is a man-made thing. It's a lie. Number two. And the moment he told me that, I saw the pandemic from a different place. When they said this medication can work or can't work, I would, I would look into it. I wouldn't just believe what they said on CNN. And then I would get facts, and the Lord would show me all the way through. Everything they said was a lie. So many of the things they did and said were lies, blatant lies. But most, most people... Were stuck in fear and they weren't using their eyes and the ears of their heart.
0: Yeah, that's right. Amen. That's right.
1: We gotta we, we can't settle, guys. If you don't use your eyes and ears, you are of your heart, you will be limited. Yeah. you will go with the flow, you will go with the patterns of this world. It will sweep you up like a current in a river, and there you go, downstream. Are you with me? Yeah. You can't afford not to use those eyes and ears that God has given you. You have to see the value of those spiritual eyes and ears in your heart. It's the only thing that's going to separate you from life and death in this place. Absolutely, It's the only thing.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: I promise you. It's so important. We must see the value of becoming spiritually mature. Amen. Amen. You cannot afford to lean on your college degree. You can't. Do you know that you really get some stupid doctors? Have you seen that? I mean, they're so clever. These Oaks have got, these oaks have got degrees from here to more than a freaking uh, barometer. Are you with me? Doctor, I saw a doctor once. I was dealing with a family. I went in with a son whose father had just died from, sm- from cancer. He was a smoker for about 50 years, this guy. And his lungs were, they looked like black garbage bags, the doctor said. And the son is sitting there, and he's telling the son everything that the smoking and the tar and everything did to his father's lungs. That's why his father has passed away now. It's a family doctor. who has been with them for years. And he speaks to this guy. And then we, we all walk out for a cup of coffee because the doctor was at the family house, okay? We walk out for a cup of coffee, and the son takes out a cigarette and he offers the doctor one and the doctor's smoking with him. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you stupid man. How stupid can you be? You just showed this guy the x-rays, told him about his father, what killed his father, and you're smoking. That's how fallen the flesh is, family. Family. That's how much you cannot depend on what you think you know. A lot of what you think you know is lies anyway that you've been told by this world. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You must hold valuable the Spirit in you. You must hold valuable the power that's in you. You must desire to see and think and feel and speak like the Spirit inside you. That's it. It's what separates us From mere men. We are not mere men. We are a new creation. We are the children of God. Amen. We have to be different. If there's no difference in you, the world has no hope. Because all they've got is a Pope. I'm ramming now. It's not a joke. Do you get me, folks? MCDD. (laughs) But that's all they got is some religious pope. They don't need that. They need real men, real women of God that they can see, feel, taste, and touch, relate to at the workplace, relate to at home. Are you with me? That's what they need. They need spiritual men, fortitude around them. That's right. The wisdom of God flowing out of us. We don't solve problems like the world. We solve problems with the Holy Spirit. That's what makes us different. But you need to see the value in it. You know, the reason why you came to Christ in the first place is because you saw that you needed a Savior. And you were willing to give it all. Am I right? Am I right? We gave it all. We put up our hands and we said, Father, take our lives. Take it. Jesus, come into my heart. Holy Spirit, do whatever you have to do. I can't live like this anymore. We have to do that every day when it comes to the carnal nature. That's it. We have to remind ourselves how sick the carnal nature is. Yeah. You can't settle in it. You can't get comfortable in it. It will steal from you. Mm. Are you with me? you can't afford to. See the value. Do what you have to read the Bible. Put the teachings on. Man, you know the best way to do it? Take a teaching like this morning and sit with it. I'll tell you something. Corinne used to do that. She would take the teachings and she would sit with a notebook and she would rewind. Listen, rewind, listen, rewind the same line 10 times and eventually nuggets start dropping. Am I right? It drops, it drops. You know why? Because you are opening up your heart to be more spiritual. when you do that, you know, there's the old saying it says, "The teacher arrives when the student is ready." "Hello. The teacher arrives when the student is ready. When your heart is ready, the Holy Spirit's going to be there in a flash. But you've got to be in that place where you see the value in asking him first, before you do what you think you should do.
0: So what does that look like? That's the question, right? Because I think a lot of us struggle, and and, you know, every time someone is in a bit of a hardship and they contact us, it's always like, I wish this would just go away. Listen, we all wish that. But wishes don't come true. (laughs) You with me. This thing is here, whatever it is, right? So this mechanic that we're talking about, you as a believer, this is how it works every day in your life, because it's actually a paradox, Right, this is what walking in faith looks like. You guys want to want to know that, right? This is how you exercise your faith every single day. And Some people are like, "But I don't need a miracle every day." No, no, faith has got nothing to do with miracles. Hold on, rewind. right? Uh, earlier this week, oh, Dad didn't come to church. Yeah, Dad's not here. He's feeling a bit under the weather. Right. Um, he's had a bit of a rough sort of 18 months, two years. You know, I think, I think he's lost. Is it five, Candy? Five family members. Five, six, five immediate family members. Siblings, parents, everything in two years, right? And those of you who know my dad, hey, the man's, the man's steel, man. That guy's, he's tough. Doesn't matter what's going on. He just keeps going, you know. if you, I see some people smiling. He's like, yeah, that's Harris, eh? You know, and um, and unfortunately, you know, um, even personally, he's there's a few mountains he's climbing and stuff about what we've been teaching the last couple of months. You know, he's working that word through his heart. And what's been happening is that he's, towards the end of last year, you know, he started resting. This thing, the light started coming on, and now he's, he's resting in God's righteousness, you know, who he is in Christ. And I promise you, it's taken a, 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 it's taken a different turn on the body. Because you guys know, when we're in a, when we're in a stressful state, uh, there's the cortisol and the adrenaline, you know, all this stuff. The body's in attack mode all the time. The minute you start resting and everything, your body's like, okay, shut. we're good. Boom. There's all this damage left now. Like, yes, yeah, see, ceiling boards are down, windows are broken, doors are off the hinges. And the body's like, help, I need help, please, you know. So he's kind of like in that space, you know. So they go to the doctor and she does blood tests, you know, all this stuff. And again, doctors, you know, they're so smart. They are so knowledgeable, but they have no wisdom. But anyway, so... She starts talking, and this doctor is now scared about what she's seeing, you know, the, from the test. She's like, no, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. Next minute, five minutes later, they're on autoimmune disease now. And the only thing I was waiting for next is like, you oh, no, there's a chance of cancer. And, you know, I don't know how long he has left and everything. So I'm listening to this report and everything. And, you know, in that moment, this is how faith works, guys. In that moment, right, you as a new creation, you must remember that you are interacting with two realms always. That's how God designed us. Because we are physical and God is spirit. Are you with me? So in us exists the portal from spiritual to natural. So whatever situation you're in, it's a physical situation. It's going to be there. Right? But in that moment, you can choose. Am I now going to address this situation from the situation? Or am I going to address the situation from the spirit? Do you guys understand what I'm saying? So we're all there as a family, and we, you know, we're sitting there, we're talking, and we're like, okay. So I told them, I could see, hey, then, and you know, we're all such amazing doctors, I promise you. Just because we got Google, yes, yeah, someone comes in, it's like, no, I've got a thing on my lip. <gasps> oh my gosh, it could be a benign tumor. And you're like, whoa, 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 yeah, but it's a blackhead, calm down, what the flip? No, Google says, look, Google says, you know, you're like, just hold on, before we make a judgment call here, okay, before we decide and choose the direction we're going to go, we have to stop. And we have to choose, right? Because we understand we are spirit, soul, and body. In this moment, are we going to cut off the spirit and accept death? Because you must remember, cutting off the spirit, you're accepting death, right? Or are we now going to listen to the spirit and bring the life of Christ into our physical situation? Because you see, God himself doesn't command our physical situations. It's the spirit inside of you that empowers you to command your physical situation. Are you guys with me? That's how it works. So we sit in there, I said, okay, cool guys. We know there's an issue now. There's a bit of a, <laughs> a damage we need to recover from, whatever. And I and I make this statement. I said, that's fine. Did you not hear what the doctor said? I'm like, the doctor's only telling us how things are. God tells us how things will be. Listen. They can give you any diagnosis. They're only telling you what they found. You who are called to be spiritual, you are called to find out where's God taking you. That's so They get crazy. And I was like, that's fine. It's not a problem. But we ain't staying here. We know. We know his promise. We know what he's got for us. So we're going to open our hearts. We're going to listen. And he's going to lead us step by step. And we can get back to life. You want to know the difference between carnal and spiritual? It's that. But you don't know they were they threatened me. That's great. Shappies, they can threaten you. But where's God leading you? Why do you fear that man more than God? Why do you fear that report more than God? It's because you're carnal. It's because when the opportunity presents itself, you do not choose faith. You choose flesh. Because you see, in that situation, when you get the diagnosis of the circumstance, you say, oh, it's over. That's not faith. Faith is this. Okay, cool. That's the circumstance. God, where are you taking us now? Are you with me? And as Christians, we struggle with that extreme because we are carnal. We don't understand the relationship that exists in us as a new creation. That we are to receive from the Spirit to command the physical. Amen. Do you guys get that mechanic? That's what we need to practice. That's what we need to get skillful in.
1: Amen. Wow. Do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be ye transformed by the washing of the word, that you may prove what the good, acceptable, and perfect will for your life is. You see. The problem with modern day Christianity, the problem there with modern day people, how many of you guys know that over the last 50, 60 years or the last 100 years, uh, people have become less spiritual, less godly, more fleshly. They've been lulled. see, you've been lulled into a comfort zone of carnality. Can I prove to you How? Okay, let me prove to you. Are you ready? When you're lonely, you can go to Tinder. Or you can go and watch some porn if you're sexual. When you're sick, you'll just go to the doctor. When you need a loan, or you need money, you'll just go to the bank. Are you with me? We're not taking the time to step out of this realm and trust God. It's time to link up with Him and say, I'm not running to the doctor next time I'm sick. You heal me first. You show me what. You show me how. When I need money, I'm not giving into my credit card. I'm trusting you, Father. I'm not of this place. I am of the kingdom of God. But if you never step out and test him like that, if you never step out and use your faith and trust him like that, the devil has a comfort spot for everything you need. You need some love? Easy to fix. Are you with me? You need anything? There's two providers. It's either Satan and his system, who will lull you to sleep and destroy and steal and take away the power of God that's inside of you, that fullness, that power, that resurrection life will never ever come to fruition if you lean on the system, if you're trusting the system. It's time. Throw yourself. Throw yourself. Paul the Apostle says, Why do I do the things that I don't want to do? And the things that I want to do, I never do. Why? Who will help me? Who will save me from this wretched body of death? You see, the only way to get away from your flesh is to go full spirit, brother. Because straight after Paul says that, he says in Romans 8, he says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then in Romans 8, 16 onwards, he says, this is how my spirit will lead you. He will lead you into all life, into all truth, into everything. And you will walk like a son who's led by me. If we want to buy something, the devil goes, I've got a system for you. It's called HP. Are you with me? Aren't you tired of being a part of the system? Aren't you tired of walking in in fear because you trust the system so much that when the news bulletin comes up and it says, oh, the banks are falling in America one by one. Five banks have just gone bankrupt. If If your trust is in this place and you've been lulled into captivity, even though you have the power of God inside of you, you can still be captured by the system. And it's simply because you've invested your flesh into it. Close your eyes this morning. Bow your heads. Get real with God, man. Get real with whoever you are. You can do everything. You know, the craziest thing is that Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians. And you know what? They were operating in the gifts. They were operating in the supernatural tongue. They were operating in prophecy. They were operating in all those things. And Paul said, but are you not carnal? Man, you can come to church every Sunday. You can read your Bible. You can do all the things that you're supposed to as a Christian. But when you keep quiet in your prayer closet and it's just you and God, is he saying, my dear, my son, my daughter, are you not carnal? You don't trust me. You don't really trust me. I am your provider. Stop trying to intellectualize. Stop trying to do this in your flesh. Trust me fully, totally, completely. Come out of the system, come out of Babylon. Come out of that place where they supply you your water, your food, your money, your jobs, your everything. Come, I've got another way. I've got another place. It's called my kingdom. And in it, there is no darkness. And in it, there is a righteous king. It is me. And my righteous right hand is ready to provide you everything you need. But you must believe beyond what you can see. must believe beyond what you can feel you are mine and I'm jealous, I'm a jealous God don't flirt with the enemy, don't flirt with his stuff, don't flirt with his system, don't flirt with his lusts, you're mine keep your eyes on me We are the lovers here that count. I'm deeply, madly in love with you. I need you to be the same with me. So that as the groom, I can take you to all provision, everything that you need. For the carnal mind is death. That's it. The carnal mind is death. I didn't say it, the scripture says it. Is there
0: someone here that has
1: a liver issue in the in the building? You have a problem with the liver, with your liver? you have like scarring on the liver with uh, spots or uh, just a bit of toxicity maybe you've already been told this by a medical professional son let Bash pray for you, God just showed him that sometimes God will use us to stand proxy for someone else, you know Thank you, Jesus. Keep your eyes closed, everybody. Say this with me. Say, Father, I'm not flirting with the flesh no more. I'm making a commitment to you daily to be led by your spirit, to walk in your truth, and never again. Give me the courage to never again. Depend on this realm, on this system. I know your ways are higher. I'm coming for them, Jesus. Take me by the hand, let's go. I'm not looking back like Lot's wife. I know this place is temporary. I know this place cannot give me truly what I need. I'm trusting you. From today, it's me and you all the way. Amen. Amen. Give Him a round of applause. Come on.